You're listening to a Sin Media podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7. This is the weekly wrap with myself, Sarah Booth, Celine Farah, and now Bethany Hayes, who's going to be taking us through the news headlines of the week. So, what's been happening today, Bethany? Thanks, Sarah. A man has died after being fatally stabbed in Melbourne's southeast. Police believe an argument erupted amongst a group of men in Linden Park, Devton, on Thursday night, which then led to the youth being stabbed with an edged weapon. Discussions are underway for Russian President Vladimir Putin to visit US President Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. during the fall, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said yesterday. While Sanders did not confirm whether Putin had accepted the invitation, she noted that Trump had agreed to ongoing working-level dialogue between the two Security Council staffs. Victoria's Metropolitan Fire Brigade Chief Dan Stevens has offered to resign after learning he had seven speeding fines since arriving in Australia and starting his position in June. An elderly Catholic brother who admitted to molesting five young boys while giving them sports massages has read an apology to his five victims in a Melbourne court. The 80-year-old pleaded guilty to seven counts of indecent assault on the males under the age of 16 at the Victorian County Court on Thursday. The matter was adjourned further plea on July 25. And Victoria could become almost smoke-free by 2025 under a plan backed by 24 of the state's leading health groups to reduce the prevalence of smoking. Target 2025 was launched yesterday as a push for stricter anti-smoking laws and more education programs. Quit Victoria, the Victorian Health Organisation, leads the plan alongside the Australian Medical Association and the Heart Foundation. The campaign will be supported by the state government's Vic Health body in moving towards only 5% of all Victorians smoking daily by 2025. That's all for your news headlines. Now we have Celine Farah with us for entertainment and sports headlines. Take it away, Celine. Thanks, Sarah. Sir Richard Clifford has won his High Court privacy lawsuit against the BBC. The British singer sued the broadcaster for its sensationalist coverage of a police raid in his Berkshire home back in 2014. Model Mara Martin has walked the Sports Illustrated's inclusive swimwear show runway while breastfeeding. Meghan Markle's father has spoken to the press yet again, this time saying he thinks his daughter looks terrified in her new role as Duchess of Sussex. Meghan's half-sister has also said she is holding the Duchess responsible if their father dies. There's another royal wedding coming up with Queen Elizabeth II's goddaughter set to wed in October. The internet is full of rumours Beyonce is pregnant with her fourth child. The music superstar is yet to comment as she continues her On The Run 2 tour with husband Jay-Z. Rapper Cardi B announced the birth of her first child with Offset on social media last Wednesday. The new mum is also leading this year's nominations at the MTV Awards. Hollywood couple Justin Bieber and Hayley Baldwin got engaged while enjoying a private summer vacation in the Bahamas. Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth have shut down split rumours with a video on Instagram of the couple dancing together in the car. Kylie Jenner has made Forbes magazine's list of the richest self-made women. The 25 million fraud lawsuit between Johnny Depp and his former business managers has been settled one month before trial was set to begin. 
And back home, Love Island winners Taylor Demir and Grant Crabb have called it quits. Taylor confirmed Grant was on the show to promote himself and he did have a girlfriend outside the villa who was running his business. In an Instagram post, she said they will remain amicable despite the circumstances. And that's all that's making news in the entertainment world. And now to sports. Olympic figure skater Dennis Ten passed away at age 25 after reportedly being stabbed by two unknown men who were trying to rob him yesterday afternoon in Kazakhstan. The World Cup wrapped up with a spectacular win from France over Croatia, four goals to two in Russia. Tim Cahill has announced he is retiring from the Socceroos. Australia's leading goalscorer, who starred in four consecutive World Cup tournaments, says no words can describe what it has meant to represent his country. He has thanked his supporters and is expected to continue his club career. Eight-time Olympic gold medalist Hussein Bolt could become a professional soccer player. The Central Coast Mariners signed the Jamaican sprint star for a six-week trial starting next month. Should he make the cut, Bolt could be rewarded with a year-long contract. Three Australian basketballers have been suspended for their part in the brawl against the Philippines, which saw a Basketball World Cup qualifier abandoned three weeks ago. Ten Filipino players were also banned for a total of 35 games, while Basketball Australia also copped a $135,000 fine. Tennis now, and Novak Djokovic beat South African's Kevin Anderson to secure his fourth Wimbledon title. In basketball news, Aussie star Liz Cambage has set a new WNBA single-game scoring record after sinking 53 points for the Dallas Wings. Her 10 rebounds, 5 blocks and 77% shoot rate helped the Wings to a 17-point victory over the New York Liberty. And back home to football, Fremantle's Ryan Nyhouse has been suspended for three weeks for his tackle on Port Adelaide's Robbie Gray. Collingwood has named Mason Cox to make his return for injury from injury for Saturday's clash with North Melbourne. The Tigers are to be without Basha Hooley tomorrow night against St Kilda due to groin soreness. However, Nathan Broad will be back from a fractured cheekbone. Meanwhile, Geelong's Lockie Henderson is back for his fir first game of the season against St Kilda after battling with knee problems for the past six months. The Demons recalled Tom Dom Tyson and Joel Smith. Finally, Horizio Fantasia and David Zakarakis are back for Essendon for their clash with Fremantle. And that's all for sports. And next up, we're going to talk politics with Sarah Booth. I don't know about you guys, but politics can be pretty confusing. But whether we want it to or not, politics impacts all of our lives. So every Friday here on the Weekly Wrap, we will have Sarah to talk to us through a different political issue. So, Sarah, what have you got for us this week? So, Bethany, something that's been appearing in headlines a lot this week is the federal government's initiative, My Health Record, as this week marks the start of a three-month opt-out period. So, what exactly is the My Health Record? So, My Health Record is an online summary of an individual's medical information. The idea is basically that an individual and health practitioners treating that person can log into that person's My Health Record at any time and immediately get access to a person's up-to-date health information. By the end of this year, all Australians who do not opt out will have one. So you're also entitled to update information such as an emergency contact details if you have any allergies, is that correct? 
Yes, so there's going to be a range of health information included in these records. Health practitioners can add documents such as hospital discharge summaries, reports from tests and scans, medications they've prescribed and referral letters. Your doctor can also upload a shared health summary. This is essentially an overview of your health that informs any new healthcare providers you may see of any key health information and then you can upload some information yourself, such as emergency contact details and any allergies you may have. The idea is that this will ensure that in an emergency, doctors can quickly find out a person's vital medical information. Uh, This isn't always possible in emergencies as a patient might be unconscious, in too much pain to talk, or simply might not accurately remember the names of medications they take or tests that they have had. So this will mean there will no longer be the unnecessary duplication of pathology and imaging investigations. So this is basically where different doctors are requesting the same tests again because they are unaware the patient has already been tested because the patient may have had so many tests that they can't remember the names of them all. So by reducing this, um, our government will save money and will also save time in our healthcare system. So are people supporting the initiative? Certainly. The My Health Record system has been supported by all state and territory governments, a rarity in politics, and our country's peak health bodies, including the Royal College of Australian General Practitioners, the Pharmacy Guild of Australia, the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia, and Australian Healthcare and Hospitals Association. The Australian Medical Association President, Dr Tony Bartone, supports the project, stating that the My Health Record will allow a range of benefits. It's a tool that will help patients better track their own health and medical history. However, this doesn't mean that everyone is behind the project. Privacy has obviously been a huge talking point and a number of groups have raised concerns about the number of healthcare providers and third parties who could possibly access their medical information as well as the potential for the system to be breached by hackers. Positive Life has been critical of the scheme and is currently running the campaign, if in doubt, opt out, encouraging people to opt out of My Health Record. Positive Life says they have concerns about the impacts of stigma, privacy and potential legal impacts or criminalisation of certain groups of people living with HIV if they create a My Health record. The Sex Workers Outreach Project has also raised concerns about the records. The ABC reported that 90% of sex workers plan to opt out of the initiative as they fear their medical history, which may indicate their profession, could increase stigma and even place them at risk of criminal prosecution. The Australian Digital Health Agency has naturally tried to reassure the public that their information will be private. They have explained that individuals can control which, if any, of the information can be seen by a chosen healthcare professional. However, in a medical emergency, the healthcare professionals treating you may be provided access to your account. Unless you opt out, your de-identified data can also be passed on to third parties for research and public health purposes. So naturally, this is an area of the My Health Record that many groups are concerned about. Also, under the My Health Records Act, law enforcement agencies such as the police can access an individual's My Health Record with a court order. This is already the case for medical records in Australia. In order to combat cybercrime, 
my health record has multi-layered and strong protections such as firewalls, secure login, authentication mechanisms and audit logging. However, this hasn't been enough to reassure everyone and Paul Shelter, who is the former head of the government's Digital Transformation Agency, told the ABC if he were an Australian citizen, he would probably opt out of my health record due to his concerns regarding security settings. I know I have my commitment issues, Sarah. How can I opt out? Just visit the My Health Record website before October 15th. That's the deadline for this three-month opt-out period. And you should find instructions on their page, Bethany. Thanks for that, Sarah. I didn't even know you could opt out. Great news for all of us with commitment issues like myself. And now we'll have Sarah talking to us about something about the World Cup that we don't usually hear about. Thanks, Celine. So... This week was the World Cup and the World Cup should be, you know, this really fun, exciting event. And it, and it certainly is. But unfortunately for some people, um, it's kind of the opposite. So the National Centre for Domestic Violence um, in England has run a domestic violence campaign during the World Cup called If England Gets Beat, So Will She. And what they've found um, by looking at police data is that when England loses a match in the World Cup, uh, domestic violence increases by 38%. And even on nights when England plays but um, doesn't lose, this domestic violence still increases 26%. And I was really shocked and horrified to hear these statistics because sport should be something that unites us. Like when your country... You all come together to cheer on your team. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, this once every four in every four years event. Um, it's something that we should all get really excited about and look forward to. And exactly. I was, yeah, I was just really upset to think that there would be people out there in relationships who are dreading this time. Dreading this time. And you would think it's a time of celebration. I know I didn't hear these statistics until just then and I'm really shocked by these. I had no idea that during this time the domestic violence rates go up so significantly. Yeah, it's was it's really quite horrible to hear. And what um what's even worse is that um I looked into it and we also have a similar problem here in Australia. Um Some data from New South Wales Bureau of Crime Statistics and Research, um, and this data is across from six years, so, you know, it's done done their research. Yeah, yeah. and they found that there is a 40.7% average increase in domestic violence and a 71.8% in non domestic assaults across New South Wales on state of origin game days. I am shocked. But Sarah, is there a way that like they can raise awareness about this? So I feel like, you know, we know that uh, that these people are watching these games. That's mm-hmm. why that there is this increase in violence. So I feel like it would be really great if, um, you know, State of Origin and in England the um, like FIFA and the England Football Club, if they can take a stand and kind of come together and say, you know, Violence has no place um, in our society and that people should feel safe to watch Absolutely. a sport game That's with a their right. partner. We have the right to feel safe. Exactly. You have yeah. the right to be able to go to a bar and watch your team play and they're not worried that if they lose, somebody's going to take their anger 100%. out on you. So I feel like it would be really great if we could have a bit more of a conversation about this because this mm-hmm. was something that I hadn't really heard much coverage of. Yeah. Um, so possibly targeted ads. Exactly. Yeah. So we know that these people are watching 
these games now obviously I just want to make it clear this is a very small minority of fans in Norway mm-hmm. I'm suggesting all sports fans <laughs> are involved in this violent behavior I am a sports fan myself I'm, I'm sure all of us are mm-hmm. but um we do know that there are people watching these games who then are going on to commit violent acts as a result of their team losing so why not have targeted ads during um these sports games. Exactly, when they're likely to be watching as well. Exactly, to try and uh, refer them to services where they can learn to control and deal with their anger and also, um, yeah, just kind of raising awareness about it so as a society we can talk and even understand that, you know, on um, days like the State of Origin game days and stuff, like um, emergency services and stuff, they're having to prepare and hospitals are having to prepare Mm -hmm. knowing that they are going to have an increase in calls out to violent incidences. And, yeah, it just has absolutely no place in sport. I understand sport is emotional. Mm-hmm. I understand that you do get upset when your team loses. I know I've certainly been disappointed many times when oh, Essendon has lost the game. We have cried many a tears <laughs> over many that Many tears <laughs> over the good old Bombers. But, um, you know, and that is what makes sport so great because if you didn't have that, you know, that emotional reaction when they lost, then there wouldn't be that amazing feeling I when know, your team comes from behind and, exactly. like, kicks that great goal, wins the game. But you can have that emotion mm-hmm. without resorting to violence. And there's just exactly. no, there's no excuse. No place for it in sport at all. So um, if this story has raised any concerns for you, please contact Lifeline on... 13 11 14 or 1 800 respect and yeah I think just the what we just really wanted to get across here is that everyone deserves to be able to watch a sports game without worrying about the consequences for their personal safety absolutely if the team loses now Bethany will be reviewing the book what Alice forgot by Leanne Moriarty Thanks, Celine. now just to give you all a synopsis because I'm sure you're not all familiar with what Alice forgot Alice Love is 29, she's crazy about her husband Nick, and she's pregnant with her first child, so this is an exciting time in her life. So you can imagine Alice's surprise when she comes onto the floor of a gym and she's whisked off to hospital after falling off the treadmill. Who knew they could be so dangerous, quite frankly? When she discovers the honeymoon that she thought her life was is well and truly over. She's getting a divorce. What? She actually has three kids. And she's 39, not 29. So Alice has effectively forgotten 10 years of her life. They've gone. It is, it is actually incredible. Alice does not remember anything from the last 10 years. And she's made to reconstruct the events of a lost decade, find out whether it's possible to reconstruct her own life at the same time. She has to figure out why her sister, who she thought she was close to, hardly ever talks to her. That's sad. And why it is she's become one of those super skinny mums with really expensive clothes. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love this book. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but let me just say, when you forget 10 years of your life, you're in for a bit of confusion. I can't imagine that. Like, where would you even begin? Yeah, exactly. Upside down. Like- Especially, like, your husband, like, you're now mm-hmm. going through a divorce, like, the person you rely on most on who you would want to like help you through that. Yep. Absolutely crazy. And something that's really interesting in the book is when she first wakes up from the gym, she tells the paramedics, I'm pregnant. Is the baby okay? And her friend next to her nearly loses her mind. She goes, Alice, are you pregnant? Since when you already have three kids? Oh my God. 
So it is It is a tale that is completely shocking. And I just want to ask you guys a couple questions. What would we be like if we lost 10 years of our life? We would, we would effectively be nine years old. Oh, my gosh. That's a scary thought. That is a scary thought. <laughs> I want to redo school. <laughs> Definitely, Definitely not. not. Leave VCE in the past, yeah. I say. I say 100%. Yes. Um, I think this this book's really heartwarming and it looks into that it's never too late to sort of start your life the way you want it to. And it also kind of ponders on, you know, the things that we want to remember, the things we choose to remember and what we fight to forget. So I would highly recommend What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty. So if anyone wants to get on that, go to your nearest bookshop. And up next, we're talking about the struggles of the first week back at uni. Now, girls, can you can you agree that it is a struggle? Yes, I'm so tired right now. <laughs> I'm running on three hours sleep. I don't know how I'm doing this, to be honest. Sarah's literally went I to sleep at 4am, so we don't know how she's doing this. If there's any technical mistakes, it's my fault. <laughs> yes, definitely sleep cycles from the holidays to now. So, so it is bad. a bit of an adjustment. Yes. I don't know about you guys, but I was going to bed a little bit too late and waking up a little bit too late. And uh, let's just say the 6am wake up call yeah. for our Wednesday. Oh my 8.30 lecture. It is rough stuff. <laughs> Thanks for that RMIT. <laughs> <laughs> and also just with going back to uni, now it's back to never being able to see anyone. Because oh everyone's so timetable is absolutely crazy. It's like you try to see your friends, you'll be like, oh, I have uni like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They'll be like, oh. Like Friday. Yeah, they'll have exactly. uni like Monday, like Wednesday, Friday, or whatever, Thursday, think Friday. All the unis might get together and, you know, they might just say, all right, we want all our students' timetables to clash so that their social life is non-existent. And then it's just like the law that if you both have uni off at the same time, one of you will have part-time work. Exactly. That is the rules. So basically, uni is tearing friendship groups apart. (laughs) One step at a time. One timetable clash at a time, more like it. Exactly. Thanks, Celine. So this is a TV show that I pretty much binged in one week. So it's suitable for the weekly wrap. <laughs> um, it's called The Good Place and it's available on Netflix. And I really, really loved this TV show and it was different to anything I'd really seen before. Um, and it's kind of difficult to actually put into what uh, genre I would place it under. Mm-hmm. But if I had to do something, I'll kind of say it's a fantasy comedy. Ooh. So... Basically, uh, picture this. So you have this woman whose name is Eleanor Shellstrop. She's played by the lovely uh, Kristen Bell. Oh, I love her. she's not like the nicest person. Like, you know, she doesn't do anything terrible. She's not a murderer. But (laughs) she's not someone you'd want to be friends with. She doesn't look out for people. She's really selfish. She um, just doesn't really think about anybody but herself and she dies Ooh. how the tv show starts don't worry it's not a spoiler and she wakes up in what is basically the afterlife um, and she's told that she is in the good place so the good place is basically this utopian afterlife um oh my goodness. kind of like what we would think of as heaven or whatever the show kind of explains that you know no one religion got it right Mm -hmm. um it's kind of yeah kind of show for everyone and she's told that um 
you know, she's got into this good place because they uh, rank every person in the world. Oh, my goodness. I A know. world ranking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the ATAR on steroids. <laughs> Absolutely um, it is. They rank everybody in the world according to if you're a good or a bad person. So certain, um, you know, behaviours and you lose points, other behaviours you get points. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, she's got a really high ranking, so she's in the good place, which is it's this um, – the good place is divided into neighborhoods and you're only in you're in this one neighborhood for all of eternity. You can't Ooh, leave. All of eternity is a long time. <laughs> but the neighborhood is so perfect, you would really? never want to leave. You can literally have anything you want. There is this kind of best way to describe it is a robot. Her name is Janet. And you just be like, Janet, can I have some chocolate? And she will bring you chocolate. But you can literally wow. request anything. You can request like a beautiful house, a pool. Um, I'm trying to think of things wow. that you would request. Uh, a pet unicorn. Like literally anything in the universe. Anything. That's incredible. It's pretty amazing. Um, and everyone in the neighborhood is designed so that you will perfectly get along with them. Oh my goodness. You will never have perfectly. to put up. You will never have to put up with anyone annoying for the rest of your life. Everyone in that neighborhood is people who you are like designed to get along with. And also your soulmate is in the (gasps) neighborhood. Stop. Your soulmate is there. Yeah. That is incredible. (laughs) It's not the good place. It sounds like the best place. Exactly. (laughs) Literally. Now, you're probably wondering, I told you that Eleanor Shellstrop was a pretty horrible person. Yeah. How on earth did she get into the good place? place? So this is the twist. Eleanor Shellstrop has been sent there by accident. (gasps) Mistaken identity. They think she's this like humanitarian, what is she, like a lawyer who gets people off death row. Oh my goodness. She does humanitarian trips. She's, and she's actually and she's none so of that. Not. Yeah. So basically kind of the show um, is her kind of journey. She's She tries to, as she tries to kind of figure out how can she stay in the good place? Because why would you want to leave? Exactly. Once you're in the good place, I want to sit there for life. Let exactly. me tell you that. But her being there starts to cause some problems. So the good place is designed for Basically, good people. The really like not just good people, the best of people. Like everyone there is like lawyers who got people off death row. Um, her really incredible people. Yeah, like the so- she's paired up with her introduced to someone who's meant to be her soulmate. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an ethics professor who spent his well. whole life how to be good. Um, another one of the characters who was really great. Um, is this woman who she raised? Uh, I can't remember the exact figure, but uh, would have been well over. $500 million for charity. Whoa. Wow. Um, and there's another guy who is a, he's a monk and he's t- took a vow of silence his whole life. So it's so very good people. Wow. Yeah. So she really is the odd one out in this Exactly. And so her being there kind of disrupts this neighborhood and Does things start to go know? wrong. I don't want to give away any spoilers, Lee. <laughs> we love spoilers. <laughs> But, yeah, so basically the show just kind of covers her trying to figure out how, you know, how could she stay in this place? She doesn't want to be found out. And then mm-hmm. things in the neighbourhood start going wrong. Like, things break. Things, um, like, a massive, like, sinkhole forms in the middle of the neighbourhood. Just her presence is making yeah. this good place less good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, so yeah, and I think what I love about this show is it's kind of quirky. Like I said before, it's like nothing I've I ever love seen this before. Concept, like yeah. crazy. Who thought of that? I know. Amazing. I wish I was smart to think. Like I was as smart as these people to think of these like amazing concepts like this. Exactly. Um, and it also kind of the show also kind of makes you think about like morals in a way that's mm-hmm. like not boring. Like you, um, when they talk about like the point system and things and what different um actions get different rewards. It's interesting to think about, and I just love the characters and yeah it's just quite quirky and um it has one of the best plot twists that obviously I won't say um, I'm gonna have to go home and watch this let me tell you that <laughs> um yeah genuinely I find that it can be hard to find a show with a good plot twist generally yeah. you can see them coming from a mile away but there is a plot twist that just completely changes were you genuinely shocked I was genuinely shocked okay I genuinely want to watch this now. <laughs> <laughs> um so um I wanted to have a little discussion with you guys so um, as I said, the getting into the good place is based on points, um, the point system where you get like different uh, a different score for different things you do. So like for do example, you lose points? Yes, you lose points. Mm-hmm. So I've I've uh, got some examples here from the show. They're very specific in the number of points. So if you remember your sister's birthday, you get fifteen point oh two points. <laughs> wow, hug a I friend. Get a lot of those. <laughs> there's four point nine eight points added to your good karma total, but. Buy a trashy magazine. I mean, we've all got to keep up with the Bachelor gossip. Exactly. I would lose a lot of points. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be losing our zero point seven five oh, points to be, but you know, it kind of adds up. Trashy it does, magazines. you know. The gossip just keeps coming. <laughs> um, if you tell a woman to smile, you lose fifty three point eight three. I agree with yeah. that. I quite, I quite like that point. <laughs> so. If we were um, in charge of the afterlife, mm-hmm. what actions would we put on this list? What should people lose points for? This is such an interesting question. I have quite a few things. First of all, I reckon, just personally, I'm not a big fan of the my horse is bigger than your horse attitude. You know, life isn't a competition. And if it is, we all go through moments of losing and winning. <laughs> so that is something I reckon I would lose a you know, a decent sort of 60 points for that. 60 points? That, you know, that's quite a lot. That's quite a lot. Say, for example... It's more than telling a woman to smile. I know. I know. I've gone, like, I've gone far here. But, you know, <laughs> say you're just like, I had an amazing ice cream last night. Mm. If the person next to you constantly needs to be like, well, I had three amazing ice creams <laughs> last night... I'm just not for that sort of competition, you know? It's like when people complain about being tired and someone be like, oh, I had X amount of uh, hours of sleep last night. And the other person was like, well... I, I had less slept than you. in three days. <laughs> I don't know what sleep is. Exactly. Uh, what about you, Celine? What is, what should people lose points for? I think people should lose a lot of points when they are cruel to animals. Good yes. one. See, yes. Celine's thinking morally and I was thinking a little superficially, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, these make my sound very superficial, unfortunately. But yes, I think definitely a whole lot of points should go for that one. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Good I am. Um, I believe that people should lose quite a few points when they are rude to people working in customer service. Nothing annoys me more mm-hmm. than when you see, you know, someone who is like, obviously, so you've, you know, generally in customer service, you generally do have a lot of young people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we're trying to support yeah, yeah. ourselves through uni and school <laughs> and... You know, it's you're pretty powerless. You can't argue back with the customers. And mm-hmm. there is nothing worse than someone who is, you know, much older than you, has much more kind of power than you. Uh-huh. 
And they're just so rude. Here, here. That should be a significant point loss. I mean, just, yeah, some of the things, some of the stories that some of my friends have told me mm-hmm. um, from working in, uh, you know, some fast food chains, they've mm-hmm. been spat on, sworn at, and it's just... Absolutely terrible. Like, do you really need to spit on someone because the menu changed? Exactly. It's not their fault. Like, mm-hmm. the like teenager serving you, believe it or not, they don't make the decisions. Exactly. Isn't that shocking? I know. <laughs> And I would also, this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, I hate when you give way to someone while driving and then they don't thank you back. It's not about... It's a courtesy wave, people. Be courteous. It's not about doing it for the thank you, but it's just like, it would be nice. Exactly. Acknowledge. I'm with you there. Just acknowledge it. Exactly. But yeah, so check out The Good Place, people. I think it's pretty good. Now, I don't know about you guys, but the thought of next week has me a little worried with some of the things we have to do. So we're going to discuss a little way to survive next week and some of the fun things that can make next week a little easier for all you guys. So what do we reckon, guys? Sarah, what have you? (laughs) Well, I don't know about you guys, but I am finding that Instagram at the moment is quite a sad place because every time I log on, Everyone is in Europe. Oh, oh about it. it's that time of year. Especially because it's so cold here. I'm I just know. Sort of near the beach. I'm mm-hmm. just like wrapped in a blanket near my heater, and everyone's posting photos oh, in London and Paris and Rome, and it's just beautiful. Exactly. We so, are seriously jealous. <laughs> to help jealous. you survive this week and to like shake off some of the sadness of everyone <laughs> being in Europe but you. Head down to the European Night Market on Madel Brussels, Brussels Lane. So there will be music, um, and there will also be lots of nice European food, including mm. paella, crepes, pretzels, and more. If a crepe can't cheer you up... What can, quite frankly? Exactly. Get some Nutella and banana on that crepe. You're Nutella practically in Europe, so don't you worry. And it's every Friday in July from 5 till 9pm. So if you've got nothing to do tonight, why don't you head down there? Uh, for more details, visit madambrussellslane.com.au. Celine, mm-hmm. how are you going to get us through the next week? <laughs> so I'm going out tonight and I think people should join. <laughs> so it's a place called New York Cats and it's a one-off and it's the gold party tonight. And it's from 10pm to 5am. For one night only, like I said. And it's at the Brown Alley Nightclub. And the main artists that will be there will include Jasper, Harley James, Marek Wolny and more. And be sure to wear something gold and I reckon it'll be a great night. That sounds fantastic. And something I've done a little research on is the Ascot Lots, Pots, Plants and Pups weekend. I heard pups. I'm excited. (laughs) Which is happening from July 21 to July 22. And basically, the lot is hosting a massive warehouse plant sale. So there'll be plant vans, whether you're looking for ferns or succulents or anything like that, you'll be able to get a bit of a leafy fix. And (laughs) dogs are also welcome through the Ascot lot. And they'll have even some catering there from the Canine Wellness Kitchen. So that sounds absolutely amazing to me. If you want any more information, you can head to theascotlot.com. And that brings us to the end of our first ever show of the Weekly Wrap. 
Uh, you've been listening to Sarah Booth, Bethany Hayes and Celine Farrah on Sin 90.7. If you liked what you heard, please check out our socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter um, and also check out our page um, at, at the Sin website. That's www.syn.org.au. You can find us under 90.7 Programs. Uh, make sure you tune in next week. We'll be back on the airwaves from 3 till 4. But for now, stay tuned for Panorama here on Sin 90.7. You've been listening to a Sin Media podcast. Previously heard live on Sin 90.7.